Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Authorised Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. And uh, we're going to talk everything to do with the budget, if we've got enough time. But before we get there, Nick, just remind our listeners what the Stewart Group is all about. Stewart Group is a financial planning, uh, investment and risk management business based uh, in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. So we like to help people make wise and sensible decisions with their money. Now today we're going to talk a bit about the, uh, the budget, the winners and the losers. From your point of view, who were the winners? Well, the winners were those that earn under $70,000. Um, there's um, effectively what you'd call um, uh, helicopter money is coming our way. Yes, now, sir. this is something that when it was done in the United States, people said, those, those folk over there, they've just lost their heads. Yeah. They're actually going to mail people checks. You may recall that the um, previous Labor government in Australia also did that under Kevin Rudd. And we all looked over, over this side of the ditch and we were like, those folk are mad mailing out money for people to you know just spend well we're effectively going to do that uh in the months ahead so but it's not very much money it's um 27 dollars a week for those earning under seventy thousand dollars and those that are not receiving the winter energy supplement payment yeah I think they're calling it the block of cheese on a uh, box of wheat bix budget. But look, I, I'd have to suggest to you that just about all of my peers are earning under, and certainly my, my, my own mm, daughters mm. are earning under $70,000, and uh, they are struggling. Yeah, it's, look, it's really hard. Look, we've got um, pretty benign growth. Yep. Benign in the sense that growth has actually petered out and is relatively flat. But you've got um, the surging uh, cost of living um, just to stand still. Just to do what you did yesterday costs more today yeah, than it did then. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people who, um, I mean, for me, I only fill my car up about once a month. Mm-hmm. And I actually really, really notice uh, the fact that each time I go and fill up, I'm like, oh, blimey, that's that's moved. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, whereas, you know, if you're filling up a small car and you're commuting a lot on a weekly basis, you might not notice it because you're just in the noise. Whereas I only fill up well, once every four to six weeks, and I really, really notice the change. But some people are finding that, you know, the material change in some of the expenses, like it is, it is vast. Yeah. For example, um, uh, in our family, because we are, you know, um, both um, uh, my wife and I, you know, we we both have full time jobs with um, a complement of team that we, you know, um, have on board. Mm-hmm. So we have my food bag. Yeah. And we really like my food bag. And actually, this week we've actually swapped to HelloFresh for mm-hmm. a bit of a change. But anyway, going back to my food bag, so the, it came through that there was going to be a, a, um, a cost increase. So, and my wife just said, well, that means that the new price now 
is $45 more per week than it was when we first signed up with MyFoodBank. So that's $2,500 a year. Yes. Change. Um, so for us, you know, we like to have that kind of um, the, the meal service because mm-hmm. of the fact that, you know, we, you know, we're just constrained on time. And it's really, really good. The kids get involved. And it's a lot of yep. fun. But the fact is, if everything goes up by a certain amount, so your insurance goes up, your food or groceries, and in that case, I gave you the example of my food bag. If that goes up, um, just everything goes up. And the fact is, if your wages are not going up mm-hmm. by the same amount, then you have gone backwards. So you actually have to trim your expenditure from somewhere. So it might be the my food bag disappears, the um, kids' cell phone accounts disappear, um, the Netflix disappears. You can understand where sure. I'm going with this. So things exactly like you know, foreign travel or yep. trips, well, they just they vaporize and disappear, and people have to make ends meet. It, like it's a really difficult phenomenon, and I don't think people have appreciated. And when I see they people, people on both the left and the right of politics, I don't think they've realised how good we've had it in a period of very, very a low inflation environment where people thought that the inflation monster had been slayed and buried. You know, St. George, you know, George and the dragon. The dragon is dead. Yeah. Well, you know, the dragon's back alive and it's cruising around and it's causing a heck of a lot of pain, particularly, as I said, where the wages are not keeping up with the cost of living. It's it's a, a very sad phenomenon to watch play out. Yeah. Um, interesting to hear what you're saying there, but I often wonder whether economists and politicians, they, they look at the economy through rose-tinted glasses because I might suggest that not one of them is getting less than $130,000 a year. <laughs> and uh, you know, some of the things that you mentioned that, that people might be looking yes. at uh, divesting themselves of to, just to keep ahead of the, the game. Mm. And I would I'd suggest to you that some people that I know are not turning the power on. Yeah, correct. You know, they're yeah, not no. buying any meat. They're... And yep. they just cannot get ahead. So, and you know, that average wage that keeps mm. getting uh, uh, p- bought out as the average wage, probably the average wage in this area is fifty, sixty thousand yeah, dollars. It's it's uh, it is relatively low. Um, Hawkes Bay has always been an area where, uh, probably because of our horticultural, you know, kind of soil based um, uh, economy, we typically, you know, it's the. Um, opposite to say a tech sector where you know like if you look in the united states if someone's in that kind of um mississippi alabama area versus someone in silicon valley well you know what the average wage is silicon valley is just massive in comparison to that kind of mississippi alabama louisiana style where it's just poor well great place to live in some of those areas just like hawks bay is a beautiful place to live so is marlborough but the fact is just our wages just are lower than the average, which I guess means that more of our local population are going to receive some benefit mm-hmm. from um, the budget. But the fact that now, at that time, when those helicopter payments come out yep. and that 350 bucks rolls out to everyone, effectively 81% of the working population in New Zealand will be a beneficiary. Yes. You made an interesting point like, in the newspaper. Yeah. You mentioned that exactly. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. That, But before we get to what you yes. did, <laughs> let's yes. just go back. I mean, because you're a pretty savvy guy, there must have been some good things in that in that budget. What were they? I think I've just, I've just mentioned it. <laughs> you did, the helicopter oh, look, payment. I'm, sorry, look, look, I'm, I'm a kind of centre-right guy, yes. I believe, and less government in our lives and allowing people to get, a, get about and do their own thing. Look, you know... Um, 
I think I think people are pretty smart. I think people can cut themselves out of a paper bag. They don't need help. They don't need government. Mm-hmm. I think they're able to do that and just allow people to get ahead and get on with their lives. And having 81% of the working population receiving some form of transfer payment or being a beneficiary, I just think is sad. Um, I just think it would have been far easier. I mean, why not just have the first X thousand dollars of earnings in, um, with no tax? Yeah. Or why not just really simply just allow the where the where each tax bracket starts inflation adjust it mm-hmm. because effectively what you've got is if you don't inflation adjust the thresholds every year people go backwards by a small amount so they get a pay rise but they fall into a higher tax bracket so they're actually paying more and more each year and it's just sad to watch because new zealanders look we're a really progressive forward-thinking nation. We've done really well. We're one of the youngest nations on the planet, and we do bloody well. We're on the other side of the world. We're clever people. We export. We've got the best farmers. We've actually got farmers with the lowest carbon footprint, bar none. We're clever, clever people. But the fact that we that more and more people become effectively kind of ward of the state, you know, looked after with some form of transfer payment, I think it's just. I think it's just sad. It's also incredibly bureau, um, bureaucratic. It's expensive to administer. Whereas, why not just let people get on and run their own lives? You made a good point there about, uh, and I wonder what your answer might mm. be. Is that if we, for instance, took the took the position of if you earn twenty five thousand dollars, you yes. you don't pay any tax. Yeah. Okay, so taxation one hundred and one lesson for us. Where would that? Where would the government get that money from? Where would well, they pick that slack up from? Well, they're going to have to pick it up from the rest of society who do pay tax, yeah. which is no different than it is today. But just instead of it going via a transfer credit or a beneficiary payment via government, the government's not involved. So the first, let's say you made the first five thousand dollars of earnings tax free, so there is none. Um, so the government just doesn't need to be involved. Yeah, sure. It's just a simple, simple equation. Uh, look, I know this has been proposed in the past, but. All I'm getting at is a larger and larger portion of the population are becoming beneficiaries. Yeah. And when you go back, and Winston Peters gave a really cool interview uh, about three and a half weeks ago, and he talked about when, when you know, the um, unemployment benefit started, the minister knew the name of everyone on it because <laughs> yes. there were That's only right. about 50 people. Yes. Whereas today you need an entire... Yeah, it's like department a department to run it. It's right. it's massive and it's become entrenched and it's just it's just kind of sad. And look, we've this is historically low uh, uh, and his unprecedented level of um, unemployment. It is vapor thin. Like yeah. basically, you know, those that want to be unemployed, it's almost by choice because there are so many jobs. I mean, the other day I was I was in the Bay of Plenty. And you're driving down the road, and you're driving into Mount Maunganui, or driving up the um, up up the coastal highway, and there are massive billboards saying, "Come work for us, twenty six dollars an hour, mm. air conditioned um, pack house, come and pack fruit." Like, like this is this is unheard. Like, you just, I have never seen this before. It's it's a beautiful thing. It shows that you know society is incredibly productive, but. It's a little bit like you've got a 1.6 litre petrol engine and you've cranked everything you can out of it. 
Well, you just can't squeeze anymore. If you continue to put pour, um, put your foot further to the floor, you've already redlined it. You're not going to get any more torque out of the engine. My wife uh, mentioned an interesting statistic, and I'm only mentioning it here as yep. hearsay because it, uh, I didn't see the proof of it, but she was saying that she was just reading that uh, there was a beneficiary uh, somewhere in New Zealand uh, with three children getting $1,000 a week mm. um, from the government. Yep. Why would you want to work? Yeah, true, true. Although, um, you know, three mouths to feed, depending on where the individual is, it's not going to be very easy mm. uh, and difficult to get out of that. Um, you know, how would you engage in employment when, um, you know, when you become used to that? Um, yeah, um, difficult, and particularly yeah. with um, three young young minds to nurture and mouths to feed. Um, yeah, not an easy position. And no. that's where you've got it where, you know, if when people wish to leave receiving a beneficiary payment and they want to in, be you know engage in employment often the people actually find that their income actually and their standard of living actually declines slightly um which is which is sad or they actually find that if they want to engage just a few hours of part-time employment that the abatement rate is quite severe so they're actually better that they don't engage in employment mm. um and look this has been spoken about for decades about yes. the trap of um um, re- uh, receiving uh, government support. It's going to get worse, isn't it? For, for, for example, in a couple of months' time, that uh, that fuel tax is going to come back on. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's another 25 cents a litre. Yeah, 25 cents a litre, and that's been pushed out for a, um, a few more months. Yes. Um, but, it, but as you say, I mean, what happens if the price of fuel goes up by another 25 in the interim? So now we're talking a, a, a spread of 50 cents. Yeah. And the AA, by the way, are talking about that motorists should be prepared for four dollars mm. in the foreseeable future. Yeah. So that's quite a frightening number for many people. And look, and I talked about it in terms of the budget. The fact is that you know subsidised buses and trains. It's really it's a great concept. If you live, if you are if you are able to benefit from that, and you've got a train that stops near you, and there's a great bus network and it works really well whereas we don't here we don't we have we have one of the largest provinces by square area in the country it's very very broad and diverse you know and we don't have a huge public um transport infrastructure network so for us for you and i it's a non-event we we need a car to get to work yeah now if you don't you know and if you're able to cycle or walk bravo that is awesome you know, do your bit for the environment, look after your heart, you know, keep keep a clear mind, yes. you know, nothing like walking to work and then walking home from work to have a clear <laughs> head, right? Leave, you know, leave it all on the pavement. Yeah. But most of us can't. We, exactly. we need a car. So, you know, it, if it doesn't, heaven help us, if we do get to $4 a litre, that's very expensive for those who commute to, the, commute to their place of work. Well, from my point of view, um, the budget didn't address um, low-income people. It mm. didn't address uh, beneficiaries. Yep. It didn't address seniors who are only getting a pension. Yes. And it didn't uh, address the, the working poor. Um, and I think in the column that was in the paper on Friday, May the 20th, yes. uh, they came to you, possibly they wish they hadn't, uh, they came to you for some comment. And uh, I think you hit it on the head uh, where in this current budget, uh, the government's 
got $2.9 billion invested over four years into the emission reduction plan. Yes. And you said people aren't interested in climate change when they can't feed their families, pay their bills and fuel their cars. That's right on the button. Thank you. Yeah, look, it's, um, I just think they've missed, they've missed the mood of the room. We are all on board with climate change and having a plan in place that mitigates and smooths that risk. And if that means that we have to pivot to um, other types of fuel and transport and the way we do things, that's awesome. But you can't expect people to be on board where they can't mm-hmm. look after their families, they can't support their staff members. Like, there's an article last week. I mean, the amount of debt to the Inland Revenue Department has soared, you know, late GST. Mm. You know, like, these are all the signals that people are starting to struggle. Look, we've just come out of two years of an incredibly difficult period of COVID, and now we've got a cost-of-living crisis and inflation that's not expected to come down till 2025. Mm. So we know we've got some pain. Now, at the time of recording today, it's the it's the 25th. It's 11.20 in the morning. At 2 p.m., the Reserve Bank governor this afternoon is going to announce another rate hike, mm. whether it's 25, which the market's expecting, or, well, some participants are saying 25 some people are saying 50 so what i'm getting at that's just further expenses coming through the pipe if you're a homeowner and you've got floating facilities in other words a floating mortgage you're going to get a lovely letter from the bank shortly with another rate hike so what i'm getting at is you've got all of the all this expense coming down the pipe where people are getting their expenses are increasing faster than their income. And at the same time, the government's saying, but the priorities. You know, saying, yes. as, as Grant Robinson said, the Minister of Finance, he said, I appreciate... Now, I'm going to paraphrase here, because I haven't got his mm. words written down, but I did sit through that um, the, the speech. And that was, we appreciate that there's inflation pressure and that, that there are, you know, some issues around the cost of living. However... Climate change is our focus, and we want people to realise that, you know, we need to think further down the track. So that's the focus. And I'm sorry, I just I just fundamentally disagree. You need to look after people so that they can, you know, um, feed their kids, nurture the children's minds. We look after the sick and the elderly, and we, and we have a healthy society. Yeah. And, and a healthy society is one where they don't have fiscal nightmares. Where they're sitting there saying, "How am I going to make this work?" But, you know, if you and we've spoken about this before around divorces, money issues are in the top three. Mm. Climate change, I haven't heard it's of anyone who gets three. a divorce <laughs> around climate change. Yes. But I can tell you what, monetary woes, right up there. Yeah, I also think that uh, they're a bit flippant about just get yourself an electric car. Oh, that's really easy to do. I mean, Just if you, grab a hold of one of those. Good luck even getting one. I mean, Audi Volkswagen announced 10 days ago, sold out till mid-2023. Mm. You can't even get one. That's not in New Zealand. That's globally. And that's if you want sold a brand, out. That's if you want a brand new one. But yep. if you want a second-hand one, then, uh, you know, in the short term, you may have to consider a new battery. Well, how much are they going to be? Expensive. And uh, what is a second-hand EV worth compared to a petrol one? Uh, but, yeah. You know, um, look, hypothetically... It all works. But look, sometimes we just need to be patient. And at the moment, we need to be patient so that we get people through what is a massive hump of inflation and a resulting 
difficult period for people to make ends meet. So I just, I just, climate change requires for everybody to be on board. And at the moment, everyone is not on board. Is it short-term pain for long-term gain? Well, yeah, it is. But why incur the pain right now where people are just focused on, A, people are a little bit flat coming out of COVID. And then now they're dealing with this um, cost of living. And it is a crisis. Cost of living crisis. Um, So I just, to focus and put so much emphasis on um, climate change, which will be there next year and the year after and for decades to come. But the cost of living, we just need to get through the next couple of years. And if we look at the Reserve Bank forecasts, they're saying that we're only just starting the hump at the moment and then by 2024, 2025, we'll be back down to levels that we had a couple of years ago. Now, pray tell that happens. That would be fabulous. But all I'm saying, we're mid-2022 today. So we've got to get through 23, got to get through 24, then we have some relief. Yeah, and nothing that you've said is going to put food on the table for those who can't afford it at the moment. No, it's not. No, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. And um, and I do feel very sorry for those that are... I feel sorry for those that have are employed where they're unable to or their employer um, is unable to um, provide them any more compensation. Because, look, not every business can just go out and sell more widgets or it can't write to all of its customers and say we're putting the price up because we need to pay more to our employees you know some businesses will go the way of the dodo Um, look it's really unfortunate but that's what happens and a high rate of inflation is incredibly difficult if you're unable to pass through cost increases to your customers and that's the bottom line, isn't it? That's exactly what's going to happen. So if that change happens in the market this afternoon, things are just going to go up. Yes. Full yeah. stop. That's the end of the story, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because if I put up the price to you, you put up the mm-hmm. price to the next man. Because most of us, modern society is not what it was in the Industrial Revolution where you go along and the person and I've got a I've got a drink bottle here that I am sipping away at while I do this interview this drink bottle it's got a lid it's got a little latch at the back it's got a base it's got a nozzle all of the different components will be manufactured at different areas in fact the base is manufactured in California and the lid is manufactured under license in China mm. so we know we've got two separate supplies this is a pl- bloody plastic drink bottle. But you can imagine what happens when you've got, say, 15 different components and each component is going up by different rates and the suppliers are emailing you, Ken, and saying, this is going up, that's going up, and this is the day mm-hmm. it's effective from. You have to pass it through. And, with, and, and that's that self-fulfilling prophecy because everyone starts to get concerned and then prices just start escalating and then it gets away, it gets way ahead of itself. If it goes up 50 points, what's that going to do with people paying mortgages? The rate. Well, it means they are going to have to find more of their f- currently free cash is going to be engaged in meeting their mortgage obligations. Mm. Um, and the same thing happens on credit cards, overdrafts, etc. It all rolls through. That is why it's such a sledgehammer, that old term, you know, a sledgehammer to crack a walnut. The OCR is an incredibly powerful mechanism. But it is blunt. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just a, it's, 
it's it's just unfortunate the way that it is but it is incredibly powerful and you are starting to see the effect of that at the current time and it happens relatively quickly if i'm if i recall the most recent metrics i saw it was that roughly 65 uh, percent of all uh, mortgages roll off fixed to floating between now and christmas so it means most of us in society who have a mortgage or some form of debt obligation, most of us are going to feel these rate rises come through this year. And if we're lucky and we're part of the 35% that isn't, well, then uh, roll on 2023. Just about got one minute left. Just a sure. quick comment. Uh, I'm going to make you the uh, finance minister. You're about to release your budget what would you put into that budget that wasn't in the Labour Party's budget that would make life easier for Joe Blow? I would firstly have um, announced that the pending policy on this new employment insurance scheme is going to be deferred because less red tape, less cost on employers, less um, less money um, dripping out of the wallet of hard-working Kiwis and um, uh, the employees. Uh, I would have immediately inflation adjusted all of the uh, threshold caps and I wouldn't have done the helicopter cost of living crisis and I probably would have removed permanently the 25 cent excise duty so that domicilies axe isn't swinging over mm. the poor motorists and they know the 25 cents is gone forever. Just look, those simple things would have given people reassurance and some comfort but instead, we, we, just, we just don't have that. Um, it's tough. Dead right. If we want some sound um, financial advice, Nick, where do we get it? <clears throat> well, you can come to um, 204 Kadamu Road in Hastings, the black basalt stone building with a tartan logo, or come and see us on the terrace in Wellington. But we're, you know, the coffee's always hot at the office. There's a good brew. And, you know, folk can give us a call or just jump on the website, www.stuartgroup.co.nz and they can learn all about us and um, all of our articles and our historical chats, Ken. <laughs> They're all there. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge.